welcome to the Scottish Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host Chris and here we'll be delving into the multitude of strange occurrences that happen within Scotland and beyond. You can contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media channels and you can contact us by either means. Hi there, tonight's show is uh, Richard Lawrence from the Ethereum Society, and I'd just like to welcome him to the show. How are you doing tonight, Richard? Great. Thank you. Very nice to be on your show, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time out. To come Pleasure. On. So um, I came across the Ethereum Society um, a good number of years ago while reading um, Arthur Gray's book on, it was mainly about the big grey man. and, and um, Oh, yeah. And Ben McDoo. Yeah. So we had a short segment in there about the Theory Society and, and, mm-hmm. and at the towards the end of the book. And it mm-hmm. kind of piqued my interest. And I looked a bit online and 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 looked through some of your information that he's had online. So I thought it'd be good to kind of get you on and right. uh, especially as well, where um can it all the kind of stuff that's going on in the, the UFO subject just now and the disclosure and things like that, which we'll be getting into in a wee bit. But I'd mm-hmm. like to kind of find out more. Mainly about, could you tell the audience, um, basically describe what you do in the Theatre Society and then maybe sure. take it from there? Well, the Society was started in 1955. So I think we're the world's, we're certainly the world's oldest contact, UFO contact organisation. Mm-hmm. We might be um, the oldest of all kinds, but I'm not sure. I think there might be an older one somewhere in Cleveland as just a, a spotting, as it were, UFO spotting organisation. Um, that doesn't mean to say there weren't people before, but they haven't remained active and the society has remained active. And our main sort of premise is that the founder of the society, who I knew very, very well indeed, Dr. George King, was a genuine contactee. And he was also a medium, which was extremely controversial. But one great thing, I don't know, you've probably discovered this, Chris, I'm sure, and your viewers, is there's been a big change in the UFO, or I know they call it UAP now, movement, um, in the the spiritual aspect, which we are, I mean, that's our focus, the spiritual side of the the topic, wasn't welcomed at all. And, you know, there was this sort of real dividing line between, they used to call it the nuts and bolts community and the spiritual, and that's changing. I won't say it's gone away, but certainly when I, I brought out a book called UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message in um, 2010, and I went to America when it was launched there, and MUFON, you know, over there invited me to give talks, and they at one time wouldn't have wanted any spiritual aspect, I don't think. Uh, and they now say, well, yeah, look, whether everyone likes it or not, it really is part of the movement. So. I think that's a great thing. And, and to me and to the Ethereum Society, you can't take out the spiritual aspect and really understand the phenomenon. Mm. So within, within the society itself, what, what are the general beliefs that's going kind to of transpired over the years? Or have they changed? Well, have they been kind of the core beliefs at the start and have they been the same right through? Have they kind of changed slightly? Or is it, um, so what, what are they overall? It's very interesting, actually, because uh, I was involved in writing the biography of Dr. King um, three years ago. And with a colleague of mine who runs the American headquarters, or he's the secretary of the American headquarters, and uh, I'm the secretary here. 
in Europe. And we wrote that both of us knew Dr. King very well. But one thing that really interested me coming to your question is, did he change? You know, was he the same person that I got to know in the 70s and onwards? Mm -hmm. uh, because he passed on in 1997 as he was when he founded it in the 50s and, and, and as he was in the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, did he change? Did he change his tack? And it's really amazing having talked to the people I could, we could, in, we could talk to who actually knew him in that period, who were still alive and knew him. Um, no, the answer is no. He was the same person, the same essential message. I mean, it developed, but the same essential core beliefs, core claims, uh, and the same sort of work ethic, because he was known for his work ethic. You know, whatever people say about him, they can't deny his uh, earnest actions. I mean, he really did live it yeah. all the time. And um, so I would say that we haven't changed, uh, coming to your question, that, you know, we've still maintained. And since his passing 25 years ago, we've, you know, endeavoured to maintain and even make more accessible, actually, some of the teachings, the many communications he received. And those who are, we're not a massive organization, uh, Chris, we've got, I don't know, thousands of people as opposed to, I mean, there are probably tens of thousands who follow us and so on. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we're known by a lot of people, but we're not one of these sort of millions of followers type organizations at all. And we're not, it's really aiming to be, I mean, people are welcome, but that's up to them. But the people who are in the society, it's, they really believe it, I think. There's a hard core of, of uh, people who really believe it, really live by it, and believe that it's the answer to the world's problems. Mm -hmm. What are some of the kind of core beliefs? So the core beliefs are spiritual service. So service is the core thing in the society. We're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Where we differ from other service-based organizations is our approach is a spiritual one. We value, and it doesn't to say that material spirit service isn't essential because it is, but we focus on sending spiritual energy to the world in, in various ways. We're focused on the mother earth as a living being. So ecology to us is all about the planet, Gaia, the mother earth, not just about preserving life for our children and grandchildren not to live a life. It's about the earth herself as a living entity as well. And, um, you know, our focus is also on the cosmic aspect. So you might say that Dr. King's mission was to bring a cosmic dimension to spiritual teaching. And I do think, you know, talking about religions, that that is needed. I think that, you know, I think the Catholic Church are looking at it a bit. They don't say much, but they said yeah, a few see the <laughs> Yeah, the Pope said he would baptize an alien. I mean, they, they are at least addressing it a little, which is more than some. I don't think the Archbishop of Canterbury said anything about it that I know of. But I think the Dalai Lama, I think all spiritual leaders are going to have to address this because, especially since the disclosure, I don't think there's any doubt really in anybody's mind, there is life out there. And there are UAPs. They are real. That's been basically come to light in the last two years, although here's a journal for way before my time in the society, 1958. Mm -hmm. And um, we were saying it, we, the society, were saying it then. Yeah. There's been, there's been so many different people coming out over the years in regards to governmental side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this seems like the, kind of, the more um, serious side to it, actually maybe something may come out in regards to that. 
it's, and it's, in Scotland. I mean, the, I'm sure you've covered the Calvin photo possibly more than once. I don't know, but that, that's that's near the Cairngorms, which uh, yeah, it's not too very far, significant to us. Ben McDewey, which you mentioned, yeah. and uh, you know that's that photo has been talked about as I'm sure you know for since since it really existed, and now mysteriously it's apparently been found. I don't fully buy the story. Um, as revealed, I don't fully buy Dr. David Clark, who revealed it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the British government are lagging behind America on this and other countries. Uh, pathetic, actually. I, I don't know if you saw the, 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 the debate in the House of Lords last year. It was absolutely pathetic. Oh, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so they're lagging way behind and they probably think, oh, dear, because they banned this photographic release till 19, 2072, I think it is, or 76. Yeah. And so they thought we'd better get the photo out. So they've done it through the back door. I would think that's what they've done. Yeah. But, and David Clark would be a willing cooperator, I would think. I can't say that for sure, uh, if that's what the plan is. But anyway, the important thing is that it's out now. And of course, of course, they, they, there was a sighting in that region and, and a photograph. Do you, have you um, just kind of digress with some of the questions that I'm going to put through the now, but in yeah. regards to, have you seen an uptake in people joining the society since um, maybe the initial disclosure since 2017? Um, no, um, not an uptick. We have had people come, a lot of media interest, I'd say that. And, um, you know, I... I Sort of been regularly on the media, not only in this country, in America too, and doing many radio stations and, and that type of thing. Some people certainly are writing into us. We've had lots of emails and inquiries. But when they come to us, though, the, 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 the message that we give is that actually UFO spotting isn't the priority or even proving UFOs isn't the priority. No. The priority for us is cooperating directly with the beings behind them. Mm -hmm. And that's not everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to, to join this, I think we have a lot of people, uh, yes, certainly, who, who sort of signed up to be on our email list and subscribe to that and so forth. Yes. But in terms of active participants, I don't think there's been a big increase because it's um, it, it's really for the more spiritually minded person, actually a person who may not be interested in UFOs at all, mm -hmm. but just wants to give healing to the world. I'm quite, it's now we're just seeing, you are seeing quite a lot of more people um, talk about the consciousness aspect there yeah. as well. You're seeing even people like coming out like, Professor Gary Nolan and and other people like that talking about that and even some things that some some things that Lou Elizondo says they always go back and mm. um, some people maybe miss some of the things they say but they mm. can infer there's some type of consciousness aspect here and indeed and, that, and, and that'll continue I think Chris I, I think there's we're going to get more and more and more of that and and more evidence of, of you know spiritual energy and uh, you know the the missing element mm. um, you know the um, the higher aspect of life, you might say, because without that, you can't really understand it because in the end, this isn't new, is it? I mean, this has been going on for thousands of years. And yeah, well, I don't need to go on with you because you'll know uh, probably more than I know, but there's Vimanas, there's, you know, <laughs> it's in the Bible, it's in the Hindu, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's been with us for, so the, the, the interesting question then is, 
Why? What are they doing? I mean, they've kind of proved themselves to the governments, but they're not forcing the governments to change. They're not taking over the world. One of the things that we were warned about, actually, we, the Ethereum Society, because I was only four or five at the time, <laughs> but through, through Dr. King, was that when the world admits, and this is in print, and we can show this uh, in our journal at the time, when the world finally admits that UFOs are real, and they've done that in so many words this year in Congress, as you know, when that happens, though, they'll also try to make out they're hostile. Mm -hmm. And that, too, is going on. And that's even more ludicrous, because if they were hostile, as we said in print in the 50s, we wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. Not totally. Quite uh, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're friendly. So that's, that's a message that we're in the Ethereum study we're trying to make very clear at the moment. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of different theories on the the aspect of them, um, or, or why this, the disclosure process is maybe saying that they're a threat and hostile, mm -hmm. or, or, or things like that. And it's it's mainly about the money trail, or of course, uh, and all that. Not I mean, but at, at the same time, though, it doesn't do a good service to people who haven't even followed the subject, and it's the first time maybe coming to it, and I've maybe been like my wife, for example. Uh, quite funny, my wife. She she does believe, but she just doesn't want to know <laughs> because she's like, okay. It. And and it's probably out there a thing where it's it's not a thing where it's an ignorance thing. It's like it's, it's probably a fear aspect there as well. And quite a lot of people so. are in that camp, so hmm. um, they've maybe got a type of fear to the maybe not just UFOs, but the the unknown or the paranormal and to their day to day normal life. But hmm. for somebody to maybe turn around and say this is real and it's a threat at the same time, isn't really the best place to go? I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, I'm lucky my wife is into it as much, if not more, than I am. I and mean, she was into it before I was into it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we share that in common. But I'm sure your wife is fairly typical. I'm sure there are lots of people who it troubles them. It doesn't need to, but, you know, they, they, they don't, or it, it poses a potential threat or whatever. And uh, that's one thing we are trying to help with when I'm doing interviews and so on, get people over that because yeah. that clearly doesn't exist, that thread. If it, if it did, as I say, it would have been over a long time ago and uh, we, we would be, uh, we wouldn't be here. That's my, it's all right. That's my good. <laughs> I'm just getting interrupted by a dog and a kid. So oh, I'm just going. <laughs> all right. Okay. Just doing the finger. What up? Just came in for the, <laughs> the, the, the evening of Crab Maga. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, it's interesting. Just one other thing to try and uh, touch on there is interesting when you mentioned about the media, um, yeah. maybe contacting a to maybe bring forth something. But it's I do think as well that the media is no highlighted the subject enough. In regards to get it out there, oh, even though no, the disclosure process is so what I was going to add to when you say when the media have maybe contacted for things or so when they actually decide to put that five that a couple of minute segment out there and then it's buried in the rest of the news. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although I must say I when I've got up to talk TV sometimes and they do give me um I was on for over an hour last time I was there. But on the whole, you're right, it's a tiny little item and then they move on to the next thing mm -hmm. and uh, another another big show of course is which i'm sure you know is george nori over in america so he always does a good hour or two when i'm on with him mm -hmm. so there are there are exceptions but yeah you'll be lucky to get two minutes on some of the mainstream media and if you did to get it straight is is unusual yeah that's a, that's the thing you when they cover it it's usually a 
kind of tongue-in-cheek moment or somebody staring at the sky or uh, yeah I mean, just doesn't really put it in a good light childish <laughs> and uh pathetic mm-hmm. but you're right yes serious <laughs> topic i mean so um moving on so within the society as well can you explain a wee bit about um some sacred places um and why there is sacred places for example yeah. like uh, the, the mountains and, and things like that yeah, certainly. May I just go back to the fact that Dr. King received these, because everything that we say really goes back to his context. And I would like to say that I, for one, and this might surprise you, I don't know, or some people watching, but I'm quite sceptical about people who claim contact with extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. I think it's an extremely uh, rare ability mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And Dr. King was as well. He didn't go out saying, you know, this is something everybody can do and it's easy. Yes, people can have sightings, and they do. I mean, it's probably millions of people who've had sightings, certainly hundreds of thousands. And yes, on occasions, they've they've had contacts. Uh, Very rarely, they have even had sort of encounters and even been in spacecraft. That has happened. It's not very often. But to, to maintain a telepathic rapport with an extraterrestrial intelligence is not a, something that most people could do, mm. even if they wanted to. And there's some very irresponsible uh, teaching, if you can call it teaching out there, which is encouraging people to do that. And also they're sort of almost being told, you, look, if you want to, you can go out and you contact the Pleiades, Sirius, you name it, and become a medium. So I want to stress that point. Dr. King himself was highly trained Prior to his contact, he'd been practicing advanced forms of yoga, which is not just sort of keep fit type yoga. I mean, advanced techniques for those who are familiar to do with Kundalini and so on for for 10 years, uh, for eight hours a day on top of his job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I don't know of anyone else who's done that in the West. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a very, I just want to stress that he had a very unusual capability and it's certainly not something we say is, is general. And in the Ethereum society, unlike, for example, um, I don't know, Ashtar. I, I was asked about Ashtar quite recently, if you've heard of Ashtar. There are a lot of claimants for Ashtar. And, uh, and I wouldn't believe them all by any means. I, you know, I'm not even sure there are any genuine ones now. I, I, I'm no expert on it, but it's just something that people can do. In the Ethereum Society, the contacts that Dr. King had, it was made very clear by the communicators that they would not use another channel publicly. So therefore, people have got nothing to gain from going out and saying, well, I'm now in touch with the master Ethereus or whoever, because um, that wouldn't be, they wouldn't do that. So that would immediately rule them out, really, if they made it public. No, I'm yeah. not saying no one could have a personal claim. So I just thought I'd stress that. He was a very unusual, highly trained, highly disciplined master of yoga. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons he was chosen for that particular task. But in terms of the sacred spots, very early in his mission, um, his mission starting in 1954 with his first contact with the master Ethereus, hence our name, um, he was asked to climb 18 mountains around the world. One of them, or two of them are in Scotland, mm-hmm. Ben Hope and uh, Craig and Lecan, Ben McDewey, which neighbour each other. He actually climbed Craig and Lecan, but it's the same sort of range, as it were, yeah, yeah. in the Cairngorms. And the reason, it, but then he went to uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, America, Europe, part, other parts of Europe doing this. 
And the reason being to make those mountains sources of power, the energy being delivered by cosmic intelligences. Mm -hmm. But it required someone in a physical body on Earth to do this. Um, I don't know whether we want to get into karma or not, but one of his main uh, beliefs and practices was to manipulate karma, not to manipulate people or anybody else or never should try to control anybody, but yourself, your own karma and, 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 and help the karma of the world. So it required someone on earth. They couldn't just come along because the big thing and the question that certainly we get asked all the time is if they exist, why don't they land openly among us, prove themselves beyond any doubt, solve all the help the hospitals etc and of course they don't do that and it's because of karma they won't interfere with us beyond a certain point they'll help us so him climbing those mountains traveling physically to those mountains and climbing them enable them to and entering uh, what's known as samadhi a deep meditative state on them enable them to charge these mountains with power and people can go then people do go there regularly including craig and lecken and ben hope and they send out energy from them spiritual energy for world peace uh, freedom healing um and they're, they're they're power centers you might say so they're very special places to us um so only that as well i mean one of the um could you explain God manifesting as, wis as wisdom? That's our symbol. I don't know whether this plaque behind me, you can see the symbol. See, yeah. Yeah. And so you've got a, the old Hindu Sanskrit symbol for Brahma or God. And then you've got the triangle, which is a, a symbol of wisdom in certain parts in the West. Um, so the combination, God to us is the absolute. It's not a person. It's not limited to religion. It's not limited to a name. You could call it, but it's been called by many names. It's not limited to a sex. It's, uh, it's all that there is uh, and more than that. It's within each one of us. That's the great thing. We all have that divine spark and that divine potential. In fact, the last book that I wrote with Dr. King was called Realize Your Inner Potential. And that's because we have divine potential within each one of us. That's the fantastic Thing really it's not new it's an ancient thing teaching but it's a wonderful thing so um that symbol of for god manifesting as wisdom is the symbol that dr king devised in 1955 after a, a long meditation lasting i believe 65 hours in cornwall he he devised that particular symbol um and that's the one that we follow and it you could say it's it's a representation of action you know wise action service to others love if you like in action is wisdom and it's also a representation of the teachings because the teachings that have been given through him and and, and i just i don't expect anyone to believe this i mean look at them if you're interested are apt to me they're second to none you know and i, I respect chris many spiritual paths are not we're not believers in a one and only way at all mm -hmm. so i mean I, I i would look at the bhagavad gita i would look at the tao te ching i would look at the i ching i would look at certain parts of the bible such as the ten commandments and so on mm -hmm. there's there's great universal truths in many cultures be it sufi whatever it might be mm -hmm. um but to me anyway there is nothing that I have found, uh, which I consider as great, 
as the wisdom delivered through Dr. King by what we call cosmic masters, which again, isn't a sex master, isn't male. Yeah. It's, it's beyond that. Yeah. Going back to the disclosure process when we discussed that, I mean, what is your general kind of thoughts on the disclosure process um, on potentially why it's happening now? Um, could you could you elaborate and could, did you did you have even any inkling this was going to happen beforehand? Or it's interesting, isn't it? Well, it seems like a haphazard thing, wasn't it? It was because Donald Trump put this clause into a into a financial bill, isn't it? That they suddenly were committed to coming up with this. And from what one can gather, there are different factions in the Pentagon. Some kind of fairly in favour, like Luis Elizondo, obviously. Um, but and others who are dead against it, including we're told some sort of Christian evangelists within the government who didn't like it happening. So there's, there's different views. Um, I would say it's part of a divine plan anyway, because in the end, the truth must prevail. It's got to come out sometime. In terms of the timing, um, it's interesting, right in the middle of the pandemic and all the stuff that's going on, this sort of ray of light mm -hmm. comes about. Uh, I think the governments have bad karma for lying for yeah. so long, and they lied. There's no, there's no kind word to use. Uh, they, they, they blatantly lied uh, about this, some more than others, and now they're revealing it, which is obviously a, they're revealing some of it. They're not revealing it all. They're revealing some of it, which is obviously a good thing because as soon as you get the truth out there, then other other things can follow. To me. I think the thing to do now, now that they've done this, what I would suggest is to, to try and find out who these intelligences are that are controlling this very sophisticated equipment. Definitely, yeah. can't, you know, it's definitely not Russia, China. Let's just dispense with that. Yeah. You know, it cannot be the capabilities. So funnily enough, some of the capabilities that they revealed in 2021 had been published in a book called Contacts with the Gods from Space, by uh, Dr. King, I co-authored it with him, but it was his book. It's the last book published in his lifetime. I mentioned the last book he wrote, but that hadn't been published in his lifetime. Contacts with the Gods from Space. Um, I could even, the page numbers elude me, but it's 90 something. They are, you know, those capabilities that, that came at hypersonic velocities, you know, the ability to appear invisible, to break the sound barrier and all the other things, you know, to, yeah. to, to operate through various mediums and take off at velo great velocity. They'd all been published by us in 1996. Hmm. Um, so there was no surprise at all. But, you know, I think the step is to go beyond that and say, OK, so now who are they? What is the, and that's where it gets a bit difficult because there's so many claims out there. I have some sympathy for people who are trying. I could even almost sympathise. I say almost, not really, but almost, with people who give up and just say, "Well, you know, who do I believe? This is ridiculous." Yeah. Because I, I, I do think if you really investigate and you're really logical and you're willing to take the truth, whatever it is, even if you don't like it, even if you perhaps don't like the thought it's spiritual, you may just not like spiritual or what you perceive as religious things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I prefer the term spiritual myself, free mm -hmm. of dogma, but is it true? Could it be true even? Mm -hmm. and, and, and if it could be true, it's worth looking into. The thing is, well, when you look at, um, when you mentioned like the technologies, like so obviously partly it's like spiritual and partly yeah. it's technology. Yeah. So when you look at um, things, for example, where 
Um, I'd mentioned this morning the, the last podcast where, so you've got, you, you know, for example, where UAP or UFO, I mean, I know UAP is the, like the buzzword mm-hmm. day, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, seen running about nuclear facilities, running about military, um, things like that, right? Yeah. And there's also even claims where we're using technology at a certain frequency, you can draw UFOs and UAP in to a certain degree to, mm-hmm. to get more data and things like that. So, that 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 kind of seems like if they could do that, it seems like something's reacting. Like it's like a technology, like AI, that's reacting to something that's that's here. If you know what I mean, I do know what you mean. And and actually, don't, we don't believe all the UFOs that or UAPs, whatever you want to call them, that are. It's like rebranding, isn't it? It's UAPs. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're too embarrassed to say UFOs because they yeah, deny that's it yeah. so long. But whatever they want to call them, I mean. They, many of them aren't manned in our view at all, as you rightly say, it could be AI um, under their control. Um, Mm. But, you know, it's interesting because, as you rightly say, there's technology and the spirituality and uh, going way back, never the twain shall meet in the flying saucer movement in the old days for some people. But now they do meet. And when you get onto something like multidimensional existence, for example, you are in an area there where spirituality meets technology. I mean, some scientists, some cutting edge scientists are, and particularly in the sort of astrophysics area and so on. uh, When when you look at, for example, what 96% of the matter in the universe is invisible, whether they like it or not, they're they're, they're getting into a metaphysical area. And even NASA on their website is getting into metaphysical ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, without even really probably wanting to. There's no getting away from it. I mean, actually, Dr. King, way back from the very beginning in 1955, when he first went public in January 1955, and you can imagine how he was received in the conservative Britain just after the Second World War. <laughs> uh, but it didn't stop him. Even though he was a shy man, he was, he had, he was fearless. He, he went right out there. Uh, he was not a publicity seeker, but he had a job to do. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, even then he was saying from his very, very first uh, transmission, as we call the message delivered in public, mm-hmm. that they live on a, didn't, this phrase wasn't used, but it was other phrases were used, but they live in a multidimensional frequency existence yeah. so that we could go to Mars and see no life there. But there is life there. We could go to Venus and see no life there. We couldn't live there. We can't conceive of life there, but there is life there. On a higher frequency, that was his message, really, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. No, I understand what you mean in there. Um, but, well, excuse me, interrupting you, but last time I was on with George Norrie, who, as I'm sure you know, is like, you know, been at this for decades and decades yeah, yeah, and decades. Course, course. He, he actually said to me on this show a month or two ago, said Dr. George King was way ahead of his time. Yeah. And I think his critics would have to admit that. I mean, he was saying things from the beginning that are now getting into not mainstream thinking maybe, but certainly general paranormal thinking at least. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, that's it. I mean, you see now where it's finally people are starting to understand that lots of it's linked paranormal in, in general, spiritualism, consciousness, and it all connects. And I mean, people are, are actually starting to like put together the dots. I mean, never years and years ago, but um there's a lot of things like people can see now and you can actually um, connect the dots a bit better. Um, it must have been hard in, in, in back in Dr. King's days where oh. um, you've got, as you said before, the nuts and bolts people Jeez. and you had the contactees. And then you can see now, even 
even things like organisations going back in the day like MUFO and found it hard to accept like experiencers or uh, and things like that. Yeah. And um, and they they were like to him they were Johnny Come Latelys. I mean he'd been at it for a long time before MUFO never appeared on the scene. Yeah. You know, but I remember when I first used to go out in the sort of very late seventies and early eighties. And if you said then on the platform or in the media, the governments are lying, there's a cover up. People thought you were a nutter for just saying that, not even getting on to UFOs, just saying governments are lying. If you went out now and said, well, governments don't lie, you'd be you know, certifiable, <laughs> wouldn't you? That's how things have changed. But he was doing it in the 50s. He went out to Trafalgar Square, London in 1958 and had a rally for the government to tell the truth about flying saucers in Trafalgar Square. Well, yeah, he was pilloried for it, but it didn't stop him. So think after like post-war, World War II, um, people generally trusted the governments. They did. Uh, following that because it was like protectionism and and things like that. And they couldn't see past like the government doing any anything bad. But then it's like move forward when you get like into the 80s, 90s, and you see a, a, a good trickle, even 70s, good trickle stuff coming out. And then further on now, understanding actually what was going on there, not even just in the UFO field, but right yeah. across the board with absolutely secret testing and everything, you know what I mean? But you're right in what you say. If you you stated any of these things back in the day, you'd be like sectioned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people thought, as I say, you were a conspiracy nutter was the thing they yeah. used to say. And yet it's, it's absolutely proven true. I mean, in some ways, I suppose we could say, but we don't, it's not really important. The Ethereum Society has been totally vindicated because, I mean, this was being said by the Ethereum Society in the 50s. I don't think there's any organisations around now, and I, I stand to be corrected, in the world, who were saying this in the 50s, other than us. Mm -hmm. And we've been saying it ever since, and we're still saying it now. <laughs> on, on another note, what, what do you, Kenny, what's your thoughts on... Um, other kind of president, I'm not going to link these together, but I mean, in regards to things like C5, yeah, or try and contact movements and, and things like I that. I know, thank you, things like that. What's your kind of thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, we have been asked about that, and you know, I, I don't like we know we have a general policy not to sort of criticize any other yeah, organization, it's um, it's very difficult, and you know, you, you've got to say great work was done in this disclosure aspect prior to C5, yeah. Um, fantastic work, but what I've come across lately, not from my own initiative, just people approaching us, yeah. is that sounds to me to be dangerous if it's true, which is that people are basically being invited to go out and sort of bring about their own UFO contacts. And why I say it could be dangerous is because if you believe you're, you're having contacts, and people might be surprised I would say this in this organization, but <laughs> people believe they're having UFO contacts when they aren't. Mm -hmm. You know, if they, if they believe they're in touch with the Pleiades, as I mentioned, which seems a common claim or mm -hmm. serious, when they aren't, mm -hmm. uh, it might be their imagination. It might be, which would be worse for them, some kind of psychic entity from this earth. Yeah deluding them mm -hmm. it can lead to real problems it can lead to mental health problems mm -hmm. um so i think people need to be really careful um 
you know, in, in the Ethereum Society, nobody, I mean, I myself do have done mediumship, not with extraterrestrials, but with people who have died. That's not unusual. Many yeah. have done that. I find it very difficult uh, to do accurately. Mm-hmm. And I've practiced it for 30 years. And I, I find it very difficult. Uh, people who say it's easy, I don't think are accurate. I go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, not They might be getting something, but I, I, I don't think they'd be very accurate. Uh, but to get to the next level, which would be the type of thing Dr. King did, I mean, he entered, and I haven't come across any medium. I'm very interested in mediumship and telepathy in all its forms. And I've written about it and written books about it. I haven't come across anyone who has claimed to use the type of trance condition that Dr. King used mm-hmm. in mediumship. Um, I've heard of it in um, sort of advanced yoga in Himalayas and so forth for the purposes of enlightenment of themselves, but not for mediumship. Um, you know, he, he was an absolute master, I don't want to get technical here, of Kundalini. He knew exactly which of his psychic centers or chakras was active at the moment that he was receiving a transmission and he had complete control of it. He had no recall or no memory of what had been said when he was in that trance condition. He had to actually hear tape recording himself to know what had been said because his total focus was not on the words or even the thoughts that were being sent to him, Mm -hmm. but purely on the reception of a beam of thought that was transmitted to him uh, through one of his chakras. It was that scientific, that precise. Mm-hmm. Now, people, you mentioned CE5, and it's not they're not alone. Uh, I know they do other things as well, but those people, whoever they may be, if they are doing this, who are going out saying, look, you know, take this weekend seminar and, and, and I can hook you up with an ascended master, a cosmic intelligence, you know, Mother Mary, Count St. Germain, mm-hmm. a being from whatever it might be, they cannot be trusted because that is, it isn't that easy. So you're going to end up, um, you might have a beautiful experience. You might enjoy it. Uh, you might, if you're lucky, if you're very lucky and you have a contact, it might be a benign person who doesn't mind you thinking there's someone they're not. Mm. And they, they're really trying to help. That's if you're lucky. If you're unlucky, uh, it could be really quite dangerous. So that would be my warning. It's, it's, it's a real science, this, and I think people need to be very, very careful. Now, having said all that, I don't know the full ins and outs of everything CE5. They're going out to send light, to send, to meditate and, and send good vibrations and energies out to cosmic intelligences, and that's it. And then some of them have sightings, which I could believe might, might happen. Mm-hmm. Then that's all fine. That's, all, that's more than fine. That's a great thing to do. But um, not if they're going to end up, you know, demanding the presence of a UFO. And I, I don't know if this is even true, but this is what I've heard. Yeah. Or a contact. Then you're getting into another area because none of us can demand a contact. No, Dr. No. King didn't demand a contact. He was contacted. There's a big difference. It's almost like um, I've, I've not been involved in a CE5 or anything, but I mean, for what I've heard, I mean, it's almost like um, potentially like a conjuring without any protectionism or, or things like that. So that's when it can be dangerous and 
and things as well. Well, and also, I mean, I, I did come across someone who contacted us, and I certainly wouldn't name them, who said they were with CE5, and I have no idea how much they were connected to it. I know that the, um, you know, there's a sort of disclaimer, I believe, so that no one takes any responsibility for what anybody says. That in itself is a bit of a giveaway. Um, <laughs> But um, this person said that, you know, it, on a particular date, we want people to do something um, which included having an ice cream because that will save the world. You know, and if it wasn't you know, sad because they really believed this, mm -hmm. it would be a joke. But, I, you know, it's not a joke if you're going out having this ice cream thinking you're helping to save the world. You've got to do a lot more than have an ice cream. I think we all know that. But this person believes that, and they said they were connected to CE5. I'm, I'm not sure whether they are. Maybe we have a, a, a disclaimer on the hitchhiker effect, if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would be, it would be a great way to save the world, having said that, if you like ice cream. <laughs> totally. Um, or going back to sacred places, um, so yeah. what, were these locations given to them? Were the previous, yes. were the, were the previous locations which were... Um, predominantly sacred um, or were they made sacred? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, th this doesn't, and let me be clear here, in any way take away from or undermine or lessen um, other sacred sites previous to this, of course. Yeah. I mean, particularly that you think of the Himalayas, Mount Kailash, and many, many others, um, which are sacred, yeah, absolutely. But in this, this case, he was given specific direction. He didn't choose the location. He was told, he, sometimes he was told at the very last minute, he had to get into an area such as Aspen, Colorado, or another area. Uh, and then at the, almost at the last minute, he'd be told which mountain to climb. There might be what two or three places that he could have climbed in that area. And he was directed and given the place to go to, and he went there. And at a certain time, he was directed to climb to the top and to a particular rock, which then became holy. And he had to enter Samadhi as it's known, a very advanced, deep meditative state. And the charge was then put through uh, him and possibly not just him, but if he hadn't been there, it couldn't have been put in for karmic reasons, as I mentioned earlier, into that mountain. And this is the beauty of this, mind you, is that people don't have to, to take anyone's word for it, you can go to these places and you can see. I mean, we one we go to a lot is called Holston Down in North Devon. It's a mm. National Trust property. We have we get permission. We had about a hundred of us there uh, in July, sending out energy, um, and we go to these places. And we've had film crews come up, and the film crews very skeptical. Might be the BBC, might be another channel. Um, and sometimes they have come up. Some of the times the cameraman has come up or woman and said, yeah, oh, I can feel the power here. You know, they're, they're quite amazed by it. Mm -hmm. We've had Vice up there, for example, filming, and they, they were really taken by it. Mm. See, on the, on the Scottish ones, I'm really interested in them for being mm. from Scotland, obviously. They're, they're difficult climbs. I must say, I've, I've climbed them both myself. Mm. And they, they, they aren't the easiest. And, and, and there should be, there's a health warning here, by the way. There's, there's be, you know, again, unlike some people <laughs> we won't name, we're very responsible. And we, we, you should take climbing advice, weather advice. Yeah. Let it be known in the area that you're doing it. Because these aren't easy mountains to climb. They're difficult. If you don't have the right health or fitness, then don't try to get to the top, just even if you go to the bottom. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we were, were up a mountain um, in August, 
uh, called Carnid Llewellyn in North Wales. Mm -hmm. And I think there was about 50 people who went on it. And we had people at different levels. So some just stayed at the bottom, some went halfway up, some went to the top. So, you know, and, and be equipped with the right mountain equipment if it's a difficult. And those two, Craig and Lecken um, and um, Ben Hope, are not easy climbs, I must say, but they're wonderful mountains. The one at Craig and Lecken, that's uh, next to like, Ben McDo, which... yeah. There's been a lot of different phenomena um, reported in that area over the year. No, yes. not just mentioning like the, the Grey Man, no, like that. But there's been a lot of other kind of instances where Larry grew, I, the Larry grew, and the Larry grew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, I went and stayed up with. I had a, oh, yeah. uh, a kind of small expedition to myself just to get oh, again. Oh, really? Did you camp? Did you camp? There? I did. I, I, I kind of, wow. um, I went up the Larry grew and I camped, camped across for the Career Bothy, mm. um, and there just right in the in between. The Devil's Point and Ben McDo in the middle, right? Um, but it was it was right in midsummer, so uh, basically I, I, late, I left late at night, got in there, and then it was potentially time to go to bed. And there was like only two hours of darkness because it was right in the midsummer, right? <laughs> As well, mm-hmm. uh, good walk though, nice walk. You know what I mean, so yeah, yeah, but I just found it interesting as well because there's like there's been um, phenomena reported in that area, yes, yeah, for many years. Footprints, I think. Yeah, there's been footprints and there's been sightings of like the green large man. figures have been seen. Large figures have been yeah. seen, but even yeah. that as well. There's there's other kind of things where people have heard voices and music mm-hmm. in the Larry Grew. Yeah, and even sometimes as well, we've been reported a uh, maybe like people going into a trance and talking to like maybe somebody on Ben McDo. There's like stories of that and stuff. Beautiful. And they, can't well, remember, they can't remember talking to who they're talking to. Right. Yeah. Now, Ben McDewey, to us, is particularly significant because Ben McDewey, we believe, is, is now a retreat of what, is, what used to be called the Great White Brotherhood. It's a kind of misunderstood name. It sounds like they're all men and they're all white-skinned. They're not. Yeah. They're male and female, and the, the majority aren't white-skinned at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some. It, it's, uh, it's the body of ascended masters mm-hmm. from Earth, not from other planets. Some, some are actually from other planets, but they are from Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have ascended. They or bodhisattvas, they're known as in the East. Mm-hmm. And one of the places they've moved to, as they as they're coming more westwards and more closer to inverted commas civilization, mm-hmm. is Ben McDewey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, it doesn't surprise me at all that one of the best UAP photos in the world is just twenty five miles from Ben McDewey. Yeah, um, it's. Um, a very sacred place uh, and dot king himself had a contact there with a female ascended master actually mm-hmm. um and he camped there too on his own mm-hmm. and had this uh, amazing experience which is recounted in one of his books um so yeah that i, I don't know we understand this goes back and, and so if they were going to make a move like that they'd certainly be preparing the way possibly hundreds of years beforehand yeah. for something as big as that yeah, totally. So other things as well, where when if you can follow um what experiences are discussing or um like books and abduction and, and things like that, yeah. um quite a lot of them refer to some type of event happening in the future, or maybe is it maybe just that or is it maybe just a type of like the awakening of uh, human spirit or whatever. No, I mean um, do you kind of feel the same as that, or have you had any information kind of passed down? Very much so. I mean, th- there are many, many prof- prophecies 
mm-hmm. about the period we're living through now, really. Yeah. From numerous sources, I mean, from the ancient Greeks to Southern American, you know, civilizations to India to the biblical to, you know, it, it's across the board. And there seems to be two common themes in these. One is a sort of a period of great disasters, of flooding, of um, some talk about fire coming from the sky, which could be seen as nuclear mm-hmm. uh, problems, you know, or, or conflicts. Um, earthquakes and so forth. So that that's one thing. Dire disaster, and the other that seems to go with a lot of these prophecies is that after this will come a sort of glorious new age, a wonderful period of light and and illumination. Um, this this is very key to 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 the reason why Dr. King was contacted at this time, and why this these messages are now publicly available for those who are interested. Uh, because we we want to, A, soften the dire catastrophes that are due in these days, Mm -hmm. make them less severe through the various programs we have, including climbing holy mountains, but other spiritual energy output. We do a lot online. Um, Me and my wife did one on Sunday, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, People can come to 12blessings.org, and there, or you can go to ethereus.org, and between those two, we have online services going on, which anyone can join in if they wish to, pretty well every day, as well as activities in our various centers around the world. So this is an outpouring of energy, and that's to try and soften these dire catastrophes that are due in these days, mm-hmm. uh, as well as missions we perform. The other thing, though, this glorious new age, is all, it's always talked about as a sorting. You know, there's this thing about the sorting of the wheat from the chaff, and the, yeah. you know, some will stay, some won't stay. We don't believe anyone's going to go to permanent hell or anything like that or, uh, you know, be sort of punished or or even eliminated from existence, nothing like that. But we do believe a big change will come. And in some ways, for most people, the later the better, actually, because it gives more and more people a chance to sort of turn to the light and away from selfish materialism, let's, let's call it that, mm. um, in its various forms. So um, that's the period we're going through now. It's up to people, and they don't have to believe in any particular type of belief, but it's up to people to virtually choose mm. which direction they're going to take. And if they, if they go with it, and I hope, you know, we hope as many of uh, people as possible do, there will be this wonderful new age coming. We don't have a date. Many dates have been given by different people for the new age, the Aquarian age, different names for it. Um, I think that very much depends. But as I say, in some ways, for some people, a lot of people, the later the better, because otherwise the sorting will be upon us, as it were. And then in our view, people won't be sort of eliminated, as I said, but they'll be taken to another planet mm-hmm. if that's what their choice is. And there they'll be able to continue this kind of existence. But those who stay on Mother Earth will have a wonderful period of enlightenment and what you might call heaven on Earth, for want of a better phrase. Nirvana, if you like, mm-hmm. in existence. Do, do you think um, that for some, let's say, for example, for some event to happen in the future, do you think this may be why disclosures may be happening? as well could that be yeah. a possibility of why maybe they know something yes. we don't or um 
or they think they know something that the rest of the general public, I'm not saying we don't, but the rest of the general public don't know or, or whatever. So yeah. maybe this could be a process of why they need to try and get some of this information out there. Well, I think, you know, you know what they're like. I mean, they do, a lot of them <laughs> in the governments and so on, they do it when they have to, <laughs> when they've got, when their backs are against the wall. And then they do it in as limited a way as they think they can get away with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've virtually been forced to. But in terms of the overall plan for the earth, which is above and beyond any government, yeah, yeah. then I think you're, I agree with you. I think it is all part of the preparation period. And, and, you know, first things first, let people in the world generally, anyone who's followed the news at all, really properly, will now know this is not a figment of anyone's imagination. This is not a, a weird theory, as they, people used to believe. This, these are real craft that do exist have amazing capabilities including thought powers i mean they they know what the pilots are thinking and they are peaceful even when pilots fire missiles at them or attempt to that's also government records as i'm sure you know mm-hmm. and they 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 don't retaliate they they you know we don't harm them because we're not capable of it yeah. and they make sure for our sake that we don't but these are giving them fantastic lesson really and um i i, I, I we're so stupid on earth i think mm-hmm. that sometimes we can't see the absolute i was going to use a rude word the something obvious you know it is so obvious they're there it's yeah. so obvious they're friendly it's so obvious they're way ahead of us mm-hmm. and here we are banging away with stupid conversations in Congress. And it's, it's, I don't get me wrong, it's better than nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with your point, though. Yeah, I do think it's an essential thing. Disclosure has to be made. The truth has to come out prior to this new age, yes. I, th- I find it astounding as well when, um, because I follow it personally, and I've followed it for years. I mean, just the subject yeah, I can tell. and metaphysics and, and things like that. But when you... When you ask people, general public people, kind of what they think, and they do believe, but and they maybe tell you a story about something, but they've never ever even heard of what's happening in, in America. And obviously, our, our governments are are just totally tight-lipped about everything. Apart from the, they've done the Condine report and stuff and things like that, but apart yeah. from that, there's, there's not much came for that. It was and and not only UFOs, people are having spiritual experiences yeah. a lot, which they. I mean, I used to do. A, I mean, I have done a lot of phone-ins, not on UFOs, but on just general psychic and spiritual experiences. And I used to have a show on LBC in London. Well, it's not now. It was London then. Now it's nationwide LBC. But um, you know, we we had a show called The Phenomena Files on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. We used to get people calling up, and the interesting thing to me was that most of them were not people who thought they were psychics or thought they had special gifts or abilities. They were all so-called ordinary people, if there is such a thing, mm-hmm. who were having these experiences which were real to them, but they didn't have anyone to talk to about them. You yeah. know, they were seeing people who had died. They were hearing, they had a, a concrete, this is all anecdotes, I have to admit, I didn't, but you know, concrete experiences of, you know, they, they were, you know, the phone would ring when it wasn't plugged, plugged in, just when they were talking about guides or something. This is going on all, all kinds of healing experience, wonderful healing experiences taking place. Um, it's going on and more and more will come out. And it's just been a sort of, a stigma 
that we weren't able to, you know, you you were mocked for believing in such things. And yeah. that is gone, I think, or hopefully gone with anyone who's got any it, intelligence it, now. Kind with, of, it's kind of gone. Still a bit yeah. kind of gone, but it's getting, yeah. we're in a better place. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so can you tell me, so when, when um, you do a pilgrimage, um, what's yeah. what generally what's the kind of the state of play? What kind of happens and stuff like that? Well, we we do some official pilgrimages, and and so for example, this year we've been to Holston Down. When I say official, I mean run by the Aetherius Society. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've done one to Holston Down in North Devon. We do one every year there, and uh, we will send out energy to the world using a combination of mantra and prayer. Now the prayers we use were delivered, and this is controversial by Master Jesus, as we refer to him, who we believe came from Venus. We don't believe he was the one and only son of God. Mm-hmm. We don't believe the star of Bethlehem was a star. Mm-hmm. It obviously wasn't a star. And he gave these this set of teachings called the 12 Blessings. As I mentioned, there's a, there's a site called 12blessings.org. We use prayers from that, which ha- have a cosmic dimension to them. And, and we also used uh, what you might think of as Buddhist or Hindu mantras at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we send energy out using these two ways from these holy mountains with the hands raised. Now, this, if it's an official pilgrimage, like in Devon, we had about 100 people. Carnival in North Wales, we had 50. Sometimes we'll do an official pilgrimage to Craig and Lecan or Ben Hope. But as well as that, you'll get pilgrims sometimes going up just off their own volition, And there might be one, two, five of them. Uh, It's not what I'm, you know, arranged by us, but they know about it. They go there and they'll just send out healing. You could use your own prayers. You could use your own meditation practices. You don't have to follow any particular form. We we recommend the 12 blessings because we don't think anything is more effective. If we did, we'd use something else. But it, that's a choice for the individual. I mean, you could you could just visualize. If you don't believe in God, then just visualize good. Just visualize light. Uh, it works. You know, send power. And then, I mean, it's been well proven on an individual healing level. And there's plenty of evidence that healing works, both over a distance and physically. But our principle is to take that to the world as a whole, not just to the individual. So we know Ukraine would be an obvious target at the moment for yeah, yeah. that needs, I mean, and those involved in it on all sides. Yeah, uh, they need enlightenment. They need inspiration. They need love to affect their consciousness, as you mentioned earlier. And that's the big thing. It's consciousness that has to change on this planet. You know, yeah. that is the absolute key. Politics can't do that on its own. Money certainly can't do that on its own. <laughs> but spiritual energy can yeah because it goes out you anyone can send it out we can all do it and it will affect people to some degree uh if they if they accept it in and that will change then you can get peace because then people will actually want peace mm-hmm. because their consciousness will have changed yeah totally um, so if um so if people want to find the Ethereum society um where's the best place to find or can you um, tell them where to maybe find any of the books that you, you've written or even the Dr. King. Um, where's the best places? So, Well, I, I would recommend um, people to go to A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S, by the way, is our spelling, etherius.org. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot of information on that website about us and, and also books and, and uh, CD or rather downloads that you can get and listen. You can listen to a transmission. And there, there are other websites as well. I mentioned 12blessings.org. What I will do is invite any Scottish paranormal podcast viewers, if you if you wish to, to come to my own website, richardlawrence.co.uk. You can contact me if you wish to. I'll be very happy to respond if I can help. Thanks very much. What we'll do is I'll put all your links into the show notes as well. Thank you. Um, and if you is there anything else you want to add um, before we finish up? Well, just a message of hope because I think people need it at the moment. It's very, very dark uh, situation in many ways, uh, in many parts. I mean, not forgetting Pakistan at the moment and, and with the floods there. Um, but you know, a lot of people don't think they can make a difference in the world, and so they feel this sense of helplessness. And I, when I was, I used to have a column called Body and Mind at the Observer, and I had lots of people came to me and I, you know, about stress. And I discovered the most stressful feeling at, at its core in, in, in all kinds of situations is this feeling of helplessness. Mm-hmm. So what I would just like to say is we're not helpless. We can make a difference, even if it's a small one. You can send out positive spiritual energy just by raising the hands, visualizing white light, white because it contains all the colors of the spectrum coming from the palms of your hands through you and out to the world. And you don't know what good you might do. You know, you might, especially if you, if you empower it with love and positive visualization of healing or whatever it might be to whatever city, it might be to someone you know that you want to send healing to it will make a difference. You might save someone's life. You might never know that you did, but it will make a difference. That would be my message if I may give that, Chris. Brilliant, Richard. Listen, thanks very much for your time tonight. Thank you very much. All the links in the show notes and we'll hopefully catch up with you again soon. I hope so. Yeah, good luck with the podcast. Thank you. 